I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week, this is the place you go to when you want to hear the latest when it comes to any story out of the ordinary. I am talking about angel encounters, near death experiences, Bigfoot, anything out of the ordinary. I want you to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com and send me your stories. Tell me what you've seen. Tell me what you've known or that you've heard or if there's something you've researched or something that you've read about that you want to have addressed here on this program. I will do that. And also, this show is about giving you advice. If you have questions, if you want to learn something, if there's something I can tell you about your circumstance facing shadow people or hat man, that is another specialty, of course, that I'm always talking about here on this program. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's all about building this puzzle, right? We got pieces. I'm grabbing over here. You're grabbing over there and seeing what we've got. And uh, today... It's my favorite kind of show because we are doing nothing but the emails that have been sent on over here. Don't you love those? I do too. So um, yeah, so we're going to dive on into those. I really got to come up with a name for this. I mean, dark be light letters, maybe? I, I, I don't know. I used to have different names for it over the years when I would access and then read off some of these emails and try to give some insight, try to give some advice where I could and some help where I could. And uh you know what's really beautiful? It's working. People are getting the message. I really get so touched so often during the week from people who will send me a message on uh, any social media and just say, you know what, you helped me. You really helped me. I was in a bad place. And uh, I got rid of these things because I paid attention to what you're saying. And, and I'm like, just one of those makes all of this worth it. Just one of those. Um, you know, I, I hear of people why they go into becoming part of the clergy, you know, a pastor, a priest, a reverend, minister, 
and they're like, you know, it's about saving lives and, and uh, souls. And honestly, I kind of kind of feel like that um, in this position a lot of the times because uh, people are in some really, really horrible situations and it just rips my heart out. It just rips my heart out. Nobody should have to face anything dark, demonic, negative on their own. Um, but then also people have some extraordinary experiences and they're just beautiful and nobody believes them. That's another disappointment. Absolutely a disappointment. And it can really let a person down. Um, I know I've had where I've seen things and, and uh, like just unbelievable stuff like, whoa, and not having that outlet of uh, people not so much just believing or even wanting to hear it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's difficult. It's really difficult. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think having this kind of outlet, building this community, building is important. We have to do this for each other. Um, I can't stress that enough. I, I used to run a UFO paranormal discussion group. Count it. It was about 15 years. <laughs> Oh, man, I had a great time doing that. I met some extraordinary people. And I learned a lot. And uh, I went to a lot of conferences. Um, nearly 99% of the time as a as a, <laughs> an audience member. Um, but I do appreciate meeting the people and having those sit down, cozy conversations. And uh, I hope that you guys feel that's what I'm trying to do here. I have a cozy conversation with everybody. Um, okay, so I'm gonna dive in. Where am I? All right. So this one, oh, this is a short email. Very, very, very short. Uh, it says Kev. That's that's the name or nickname. Uh, both of my daughters and my youngest son told me they saw or felt a shadow person in their room. Ugh. My daughter went into a fetal position when she saw a picture. So I shrugged it off. The end. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the email. I appreciate that, Kev. I appreciate the note. Um, I, I don't know how to really analyze that, uh, your response to it. You're, you shrugged it off. She was in a fetal position. It sounds like it was absolutely terrifying for her. I, I have seen people cower and pull in like that. And, you know, it is something like out of a horror movie. You, you hear of people being scared stiff, like paralyzed, right? But there's also that protective pulling in. And wow, um, I could say that I, I've never seen it but the one time. And it was when my friend had witnessed Hatman for the first time. And um, I ran in. I heard her doing a, a death cry, like something out of the movies, too. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on? And I bolted and ran to her room and... And she had cowered to the furthest corner of the room and made herself so small. And, and I I don't even know how to express that clearly. She made herself so small that it was like she had shrunk in the fear of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, just absolutely, just, uh, just, just really, really horrible uh, to witness and to know what well, to have her reacting like this, something physical is here. Oh my goodness. And that is the person, ladies and gentlemen, who drew the hat man image 
that you see all over the world today. And uh, that was the first encounter. And it took me years before that thing would ever come to me. And it was in the face of me writing my book, The Hat Man. And uh, suddenly he found it worthy to try to <laughs> try to come at me. And um, he came at me in my bedroom. And I knew who it was. And I just refused to give him uh, the fear that he was looking for. And uh, then he came to me twice at work as a therapist, went after my patients. And uh, yeah, just just crazy to sit there and experience that. And uh, then after that, he came as a, as an intruder in a dream. I mean, boy, these things really try. They really try to get to know you and uh, try to find those spots to shove their little nasty, disgusting fingers into. And Hat Man, he is about the worst out there. Um, it, well, he is. I mean, he calls himself the devil. That's that. That's pretty bad, wouldn't you say? I'd say that's that's pretty god awful. All right. So, um, so I am going to hop on over to this next email and. Boy, this is uh this is a this is a doozy. This is a doozy. All right, let me see this big big giant email. All right, I think I might have to break this one down. This one says, uh, "Dear Heidi, the following is my written account of my alien abduction as I can remember it." Mm, okay, we got aliens today. The extraterrestrial, the fourth kind. Many people dismiss the idea of quote aliens the extraterrestrial kind. Most people would say they don't exist or it's all imagination, just like they used to say about ghosts and other entities. That's true. It's very true. Uh, If people haven't experienced it, it, it hasn't happened, right? Since our government is slowly coming out about UFOs or what is now called UAPs, We still call it UFOs here. I'm not going with their little definition. Okay, so anyways, uh, I've decided to publicly tell my story and experience. And it began when I was a toddler. Man, you know how many times people have written me and tell me they remember as a toddler? It's amazing to me. It's amazing. And, And it seems to be at moments that were absolutely terrifying. It left a mark in their memory where it was hard to ever forget what fully happened. So, all right, continuing. I remembered waking up at night with a very bright light coming through the window opposite of my bed. I don't remember anything else about that night, just what I've written at this point. But it is the first of the memories of visits. I can remember the bright lights waking me up a few times a year, every year. From that point, until a few years ago. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. You can remember all of that. When I was 14, I stood outside and said out loud, if you all are real, show me. Within several minutes after, I'd seen a UFO. Ooh, I have some relation to that one. Uh, It was triangular with red lights hovering right above me. I ran into the house scared. Oh, I had a moment like that too. I had a moment like that. And uh, I feel you because I, I was like, you know, everybody's talking in my ear about, oh, these things aren't real. Oh, it's demonic. Oh, it's this and that. And I went out. 
just very much like you did here. And I went to the back and I'm like, look, all right, you guys, if you have anything to do with something evil, negative, blah, 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 I don't want anything to do with you. This is it. Unless you show yourself right now. I know I mentioned it here on the show. And let me tell you, this thing, this disc shown up at one end of the parking lot that I was standing in. And, but first, I should say, that there was little little, little zigzag lights that uh, went overhead. Uh, and I said, that's not good enough. And then a disc showed up and just streaked across the, the sky. Uh, and probably just a few stories above where I was in and, uh, and just lit up the parking lot I was standing in. And wow, you guys imagine that, imagine that you are, you're in this reality and, and something was listening to you on such a level that they showed up in a physical ship. And this is what is being related here. I can't tell you what that does to a person. It makes you feel like you're never alone, first of all. And uh, you also feel like like a, a kind of kinship to it, too. Now, I'm not saying all of these ships that are <laughs> buzzing around are good guys. Oh, no. My first book is called The Secret War for a reason. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's really kind of earth-shattering. But I want to continue this story. This is a big email. Um, after the break, and uh, dive on into this. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Just before the break, I started this big, juicy email um, in regards to an alien encounter. This comes to us from a Jennifer, just so you guys know. And uh, they spoke of having visits, recalling having visits as a toddler, and then being awakened by bright lights a few times a year. And uh, this would happen their whole life until just a few years ago. But interesting enough, they had an encounter when they were 14 years old when they said out loud, if you're real, show me. And within several minutes, a UFO showed up. And uh, Jennifer says, after this triangular shaped craft showed up with red lights right above her, she ran into the house scared, (laughs) which I don't blame you. All right. So to continue this story, it says... When I calmed down and realized what I'd seen, I went back out. (laughs) I hear you. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Um, But it was gone. For me, I was like, hey, why didn't I have my camera? My camera was right next to me. Uh, Just the craziest things. I mean, we always think like we could have done better. But all right. uh, I don't have memories of them standing over my bed. Hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) I don't have memories of medical experiments. Oh, okay. Not saying that they didn't, but I don't have memories of it until a few years ago. I didn't have any memories except the lights through the window. That's an interesting element of uh, alien contact, alien abduction. They mess with people's memories. Okay. I mean, this is common, um, but it's also sporadic how these things come back to a person. I mean, it's the weirdest things that might trigger uh, what some people have as a PTSD type of response. And uh, that could come in a lot of different ways. I mean, people are stressed, they're not sleeping, they're getting flashes of memories of odd things, or they're they're suddenly petrified of certain areas or open sky. Uh, and then slowly, they start to realize that uh, it had alien arms and eyes and body behind it. Um, so it, it's a, it's a crazy phenomenon. It's really a crazy phenomenon. All right. So continuing, Jennifer says a few years ago, I'm 45 now. So I was 39 and I woke up knowing I had been somewhere. Mm, okay. A very far somewhere. I had a piece of memory of this trip. I knew it was more of a round trip instead of going to a destination. I don't know why I can remember this so clearly. I was sitting in a half-lit room, and I could see other people sitting near me. These these types of, um, I don't know if they're always abductions, but these mass abductions or mass contact experiences are really interesting, guys, because a lot of times these people They'll, they'll see each other later in life or something, or they, they, they're like, gosh, you know, I went to this uh, UFO meeting and, uh, and, and somebody feels or looks familiar to them. And this is a common thing. Very, very common. Um, so I, I just find it fascinating when this takes place. And, and let me tell you, 
I've been in this for a long time. And I met a lot of people, I met a lot of authors, met a lot of um, plain experiencers and, you know, uh, whether they're kind of a, a, a person that's more outwardly uh, speaking on their experiences or not. And some of these people have come forward to be doing a lot of interesting things on television and, um, you know, in their lives and, and, and whatnot. And you'd be really surprised uh, how few of them will speak to having memories of these mass abduction or contact experiences. And I know several of them. And uh, it's always, always kind of fascinating to me. You know, let me talk about that a little bit because uh, before I continue here, because there's a similar scenario that goes on with this where I've heard of people that have uh, noticed or felt like, something was going on in in their neighborhood. Okay. And they would see bright lights and look out their window and, you know, the neighbors are coming out in their pajamas. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and and they're walking along the street and there's a bright light down the street or something. Yeah. This is something that people experience. Personally, I had a different kind of experience that didn't involve aliens. It involved our military people doing one of those lovely my labs, you know, military abductions. That's what that stands for. Yeah. So um, I would say they have their hands on some very similar technology to be able to pull something like that off, which is who I can tell you guys the most insulting experience to know that people that you you're paying their their, uh, you know, their salary are violating you by taking you against your will somewhere and following these orders, okay? Um, People were persecuted for following uh, unruly leaders, right? That did atrocities to masses of people, right? Why are our our soldiers following these orders when they know it's wrong? This is not a matter of security. Uh, If it was a matter of security, they'd be protecting us from what's going on. But instead... They participated in it. So I'd say, whew, this is just a deep, deep trench. Um, so, okay, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. But yes, look into mass abduction and mass contact experiences. Really, really fascinating stuff. All right. Um, they continue. The room was metal, pod-like, possibly Pentagon-shaped. I was very awake, but I was calm. The other people just sat there, staring at the floor. I was thinking they were still sedated. So I get up and I leave this room. Oh, I love it. I walk down a narrow, dark hallway. No fear whatsoever. (laughs) I enter a room with one extraterrestrial seated in front of a bunch of buttons and a great big window. I looked out the window and thought to myself, we're heading back to Earth. (laughs) This is is good. I have to tell you, um, too, the scenario of somebody walking around the ship and surprisingly having the ability to move around the ship and to see the big pane glass window on the front of the ship and seeing Earth is something I've heard a lot of as well. It's amazing to me. Why, Why would... If this is all for good, why not let us have our memories fully? 
this person here luckily has a good chunk, but uh, there's a lot that's missing. Like, where'd you go? How is that going? Why'd they send you there? <laughs> All right, so continuing. I watched as we passed through space. We passed by some space junk, like satellites, which I had a weird fear of, <laughs> well, blame you. Uh, and stars that were like white streaks. The extraterrestrial looked at me, and this being was wearing a smooth, shiny cape with a hood. The hood was pulled up onto his head. I don't know how I knew it was a he. That's that's interesting. A lot of people, uh, they could kind of get a feel for what is in front of them, like their gender. And uh, yeah, it's it's always kind of perplexing to people why they can distinguish this um, being a, a male or a female or, or whatever. And uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't quite understand that either. But I, I think it goes along with this this thing that's in us all to know what's before us, uh, to be able to sense if something is good or evil. Uh, we have this instinct, right? And uh, it's very important that we take that part of us and allow it to reach out before we do so we can feel out our situation. Uh, not in the sense, of course, the gender of this, this creature, but to know if it's a threat or if it's a friend. All right, so continuing. <laughs> I walk over to him and asked telepathically if I could pull the hood down to see him better. Ooh. And he allowed me to pull it down. Ooh, okay. He resembled the famous gray aliens, but his skin color was brown instead of gray. I've heard of those. His head was shaped differently, too. It was elongated with crevices. He was obviously the one flying the ship. After that, I was back in my house. I don't know if there was more that I don't remember or if I was immediately transported to my house. I'm quite certain this is a real memory. I can remember every single detail of it. I don't know why I was abducted. I don't know why I wasn't afraid or why I wasn't sedated like the other people. All I know is we are not alone. Hmm. That's a that's that's a tremendous story. Thank you so much for sending that along, uh, Jennifer. That was uh Wow. It, it it gives a honest perspective of how people just come up with these memories. Uh, imagine having that thing come back to you, this all this whole scenario of I was just gone from here. Absolutely gone. And you trust your instincts, you trust your knowledge, you trust your eyeballs, you trust all of these senses. And, and then you go I want to scream this from the, the tallest mountain. And, and there's nobody that's sitting there wanting to listen to this always. You know, it's like, what? Why not? Where are we? Why are we missing in this area? There have been ancient texts written on such experiences that we still read today. They use their words to describe what it is they experienced. And today we use different wording. But they sound extraordinary. They sound very equally interesting. And I'm not saying, you know, like biblical and religious texts only. There's been a lot of different types of scenarios that have been written of or painted 
uh, <laughs> over the centuries of what humankind is uh, is experiencing. And I hope, I hope that we start taking this more serious. And uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. All right. So we're going to get to our next break so we can continue discussing this a little bit. Uh, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. I have a story to share. We'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Just before the break, I had a really interesting email from Jennifer who was sharing about her lifelong interactions with alien beings and ones that are not often spoken of. These ones were more brown with like uh, crevices on their heads and I've heard of them and I've also heard of people having these understandings when they go back and forth with different beings that sometimes they're just kind of hanging out on other planets and and that sounds so extraordinary right and uh i get it i do um personally i know that i've seen other things in other places um not as an abductee i don't have memories of that kind of thing either and and from what i'm hearing here 
this person has not felt like they've been abducted and violated in that sense either. Now, when that's the case, I, I don't I don't know for, for a fact, but you see these patterns, right? So imagine there's people that have these expeditions, if you will. <laughs> um, they do go and check out these other places and um, they learn things. Uh, and it's almost as if they belong to these different races of beings and, and they feel like they're being taught things. They feel that they're teaching these beings things. And it's almost like, um, oh, what do you call it? an exchange student type of thing? But then sometimes if uh, people like Jennifer here, uh, don't don't know for sure, but if they get regressed, sometimes they recall agreeing to participate in this manner, but also those who get abducted and, and experimented on and having children uh, created and taken from them. Uh, is it always a good thing? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that uh, uh, anything that's causing you harm is a good thing, no matter how you look at it. You know what I'm saying? To dive a little further on this and how the people around Jennifer here seemed sedated while she was not and was walking around and and the alien didn't seem too concerned about her walking around. I mean, like, where's she going to escape to? You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like a bus driver. It's like, you can get off at the next stop. We'll beam you down. It'll be just fine. Okay, so I I got something to share with you. So I I don't don't know. I don't think I've written about this in any of my books. This, This is a little different. I admit it's a little different. And, um, (laughs) I, I don't, um, I don't know if I've ever even spoke about it on the air because it, it is, it is out there. Um, and it didn't quite relate to help with any certain topic. Um, but for myself, I have had memories of going to other places and, um, I have spoke about some of the places, but one of them in particular I know it was another planet, and, and, and I suddenly have this memory of, of having been there, and the Earth being rather uh, reddish, orangish, uh, sandy, and walking through like almost what looked like dunes of, of a sort of this like sandy like nature, right? And you know, knowing this place, looking up and seeing more than one sun. Yeah, I did. And and walking to this known understanding, I knew where I was walking to, very huge buildings, extremely huge buildings. And I thought of them as universities. Um, they were larger than a human would need uh, to attend, okay? And coming upon this these buildings and... Um, the structure was um, like spires almost. Um, not, not well, I guess they were a metallic, but they were more earthen even. Like a combination maybe is a good way to put it. it kind of a different kind of um, thought on how metal should be and how metal should reflect if that is um, painting the picture better. And going there, now there's no like, cars or craft parked around like you know people are all in class or something no 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 this is like a a standing university in the middle of this huge 
planet of sorts. And, and, and I had the understanding that there were other things on this planet, but this, this certain section was for going here to learn. And also understanding that uh, I wasn't going there to uh, uh, pull in and uh, observations to learn new things uh, to bring back here. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew I would have limitations. That's a better way to put it. I would have limitations on what I would recall later. And I knew that going there. And uh, and I went and I remember thinking, oh, this is a, this is a cool university. I, I, I know I'd been there before, but it was still, it was almost like it was a little bit newer for me going there and going to the extraordinarily large opening for like the doorway and it's not like the door opened it was opened already it was like a almost like a a caved archway where you go inside and I knew the floor I needed to go to right (laughs) this is the craziest part because I don't know how better to put this and going to this like elevator shaft all right there's no floor there's no floor. <laughs> and going in and, oh man, how tall are these ceilings? Oh, the ceilings had to be, I don't know, six stories. It's just super high, extraordinarily high. And then to go into these extraordinarily large elevators. Okay. And I'm like, well, there's, there's no floor, but I knew to stand there. And for some reason, I've got this memory of there being someone telling me, uh, it's okay, stop on it. You know, step in there. And I step in there. And I'm not kidding you. I was on a tuft of air. You hear me? (laughs) A tuft of air. It's not like, uh, you know, my shirt is flapping or my hair is flapping, or my lips are flapping in the in the wind, or something, you know, where I couldn't talk or breathe. I I felt like a tuft of air I had stepped on, and thinking the thought of the floor that I needed to go to, and I was brought up so gently into the air, up the shaft of this elevator. And then reaching that floor and just gently, lightly being guided off the floor and, uh, and just marveling at, at the beauty of this building and this space and the enormity of it uh, and um, just taking it in and knowing when I took my step off that floor and coming and looking down the hall and seeing the place I was about to go into, I knew I wouldn't have the memory of this part. I knew this, but I was so like overjoyed. And I remember looking back at that elevator shaft, like that is the coolest thing right there. Like everybody should ride this thing. It was so much fun. And there's no way anybody would have any kind of fear of being in this type of elevator because you don't feel uh, crowded. I was totally thinking that like you don't feel uh, claustrophobic. It's all open, you know? Yeah, there was like uh, closed walls in between the floors, but it's open. You know, all the floors are open. You're on air for crying out loud. So it was it was pretty darn cool, I must add. So I wonder, was Jennifer heading to a place like that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't recall how I got to where I was. Uh, I don't recall how I got back. Um, Anything like that. But 
Another thing to know and to understand when people say that they've had contact, and I know for myself when I've had contact, not abductions. I don't recall being abducted. I don't recall having uh, any experiments or anything like that. And and I've been introduced on shows like, and here's Heidi Hollis, an alien abductee. I'm like, whoa, buddy. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, and they're just like, well, perhaps you just don't remember. Well, maybe one day I will, but right now, no. Um, I know that things have tried to get at me. Um, I don't know of them being successful. Perhaps, uh, again, that memory will come forward or uh, I might dig. I I don't know. I have not been successfully hypnotically regressed. So, um, but I'll say about these types of scenarios that sometimes, sometimes we don't go physically. We go spiritually. And these spiritual adventures can seem rather physical. Uh, I know this for myself. I have gone through walls. I have gone into situations, but I still feel uh, a physical body. But I know that I'm not quite in a physical body. You you will hear people say this when it comes to having near-death experiences, that they have this feel of, of having on an outfit or having their jewelry on, or seeing their loved ones also dressed, and and very much walking through beautiful gardens. Uh, they feel, and they smell, and they see, they hear. I mean, it's like physical body. So for me, when I go to these places, I can't help but to think. Um, others are, of course, having these types of experiences. and But with Jennifer, she literally was in a craft. So transportation different? I don't know. Um, but not everybody is taken, uh, or ventures, I should say, not always taken, um, but ventures uh, in different scenarios as in spirit form. So, um, yeah, so Jennifer, I, I really appreciate your story here. It really helps to paint a picture for people to see how these types of memories come forward and how people deal with it. And and, and you, again, you didn't have fear. So there might have been a more... Uh, you know, docile approach these beings had. It wasn't intrusive for you, but then there's also this understanding that it's just because you have a positive experience with one type of being doesn't mean more negative beings will also try to put their fingers into the mix and really confuse matters because you'll just be like, I just had the greatest adventure and now I've got these uh, abuses happening and it's not always the same being doing it or they might. It's such a confusing uh, scenario that a lot of people are presented with. But, all right, we're going to get to our next break. And we've got another email. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up 
untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Just before the break, I was sharing a personal story uh, going off planet. Not my only memory, by the way, of going off planet. It's just uh, one of the more interesting ones that lets me know I have spoke of remembering before I was born without hypnosis or anything like that. And uh, after agreeing to be born here and and going to be trained and taught new things, and uh, the training is ongoing. It's... I know what it sounds like. I know. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, yeah. So I, I have the some really strange uh, things that happen. But for me, they don't feel strange because it's something that's happened for as long as I can remember. As a kid, I remembered uh, going and seeing different things and learning new things and going, ah, so that's how it is. And I wrote a book called Picture Prayers based on uh, a lesson on how angels pray. They showed me how they pray. And I've been praying that way ever since. And now it's not like I take time out for prayer because prayer happens all the time. And um, it's very visual. It's all day long. And it's now become more of a conversation. So it's, uh, there's a lot to say in uh, people's experiences when it comes to out of body, um, extraterrestrial, um, all sorts of different scenarios that that come to a person, I mean, it's hard to put into words and I do my best. I mean, I keep writing so many different types of books, like maybe this angle will help paint a picture about what this was like or how this can help another person and let them know that they're not alone. Um, There's so much, so much. So, um, but anyways, I want to jump on over here to this last email. All right. This comes to me from Dana. Dear Heidi, that's me. Has anyone <laughs> talked about Hatman with playing cards and him trying to get them to play with them? Ugh. 
My 11-year-old has experienced this, and I need to know what it means. We both see loads of weird things, people, monsters, animals, and shadows. Thanks for any insight. Dana. Wow. Um, yeah, Dana. That's disturbing. Um, oh, how can I say? All right. So when you go to engage in a game, right? And you go to another person, Hey, you want to, you want to do this? There's a, yeah, sure. Right. There's like this little admission of, of, yeah, I'll participate. I'll partake in what you're doing over there. Uh, and it's, and it's an, it's a welcoming, (laughs) It's a welcoming. And, and it sounds like, come on, that was just a, an innocent game, right? No, not for him. You know, not, you're talking about Hatman, who cheats at every game he ever plays, all right? Um, so this welcoming thing, this welcoming scenario, and trying to let a kid let their guard down by playing a game. Cards, of course, you know, oh, like that's a, (laughs) he should have pulled out a video game console or something. I mean, that's more up to date, isn't it? But yeah, he'll do anything. It's kind of like, hey, you want some candy, little kid? It it sounds horrible, right? And you think about that, oh, a, a man offering candy to your child. You're like, whoa, red flag, red flag. But a game, oh, you know, help me find my dog. Remember the serial killers that we use that one? Um, So many different things. It's like, oh, I hurt my arm. Can you help me put my groceries in the car? That's another serial killer move. There are so many things that pull at a person, this invitation, um, you know, and, and sometimes pulls on your kindness. Like, well, I don't want them to play alone. Of course, yeah, I'll do it. And you're like, though, you're a big, black, shadowy creature with a with a hat on um (laughs) it's it's crazy right it's crazy but kids kids have a different perspective and uh, they have this this heart in them that's just like oh you know I want to help or I want to be there and yeah I'll play and of course playing is fun and it's so much that is packed into his little offer which is a big offer to let your guard down and to engage with him so he could get to know you, so he could touch, so he can do and pull, okay? So, um, yeah, I've heard of him offer hugs. Give me a hug. Oh, do you need a hug? I'll give you a hug. Or, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll calm your fears. Here, I'll hit your abusive dad. He does these things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a good invitation to have. And hopefully, please tell your kid, just say no 100% every time, all the time when it comes to anything hat man is trying to throw at a kid or anybody. All right. Um, interesting enough, you mentioned something here that's really, it falls into another pattern, guys. Check this out. We both see loads of weird things, people, monsters, animals, and shadows. Okay. So hat man goes after people who are gifted. Hat man goes after people who are gifted. Hatman goes after people who can see other things. And why is that? Mankind is evolving. All right. We are. We're evolving. We're a mixture of a whole bunch of stuff in the galaxy. And uh, we have these senses that I think have been dumbed down some people say from fluoride, <laughs> others say uh, from us uh, doubting and questioning ourselves if we experience something and you get thrown in the loony bin and then given drugs to forget what's going on, okay? I think this is all possible, 
But I always tell people, you know, I'm not a doctor. Go to a doctor. Um, do what's right for yourself. Uh, this is my opinion, because I do believe that there are people who are definitely experiencing things that are made to block it. And and when those blocks are created, whether, um, you know, by one means or another, we're limiting our knowledge base. And, you know, how how beautiful and open our ancient forefathers were, right? Or they could see something and, and tell a story about it that could carry on for for generations. I experienced this. Ooh, how wonderful. We believe you, grandfather. And, and, and we'll pull this into our, our generational story and we'll pass down that knowledge. They allowed themselves to explore and see and believe. Now we scrutinize. Well, we've got technology to make something look like that. Or what kind of drugs are you taking that you saw something like that? Because I don't see that. So it's like, if somebody doesn't see that, it's not real. Or if a scientist doesn't say it doesn't happen or it's not possible, it's not real. And we are left with these uh, big gaping holes in our lives when some of us do experience these things and we're brave enough to talk about it. You hear me? Brave enough to talk about it. And people are like, oh, you're just trying to make a buck. Uh, they say that to me, too, with my books, okay? <laughs> it's like, uh, if you're so trying to help mankind, give it out for free. Well, you know, cleaning up streets is a, is a great thing to be doing for people. You should do that for free, too. You know, it, it's not easy to do all of this 100% free. And I've given away thousands of books, okay? And done so much and answer all my emails myself and uh, answer people reaching out to me. We are all trying and we're doing this out of passion more than anything. So when people step forward, nine times out of 10, it's not to get glorified. It is to, uh, you know, vent first, (laughs) learn, (laughs) and hopefully try to help other people. So that's where a lot of us come from. We get those people who have never experienced anything themselves and like, I am the expert and I'm going to tell you what you're experiencing because I have been collecting data or data and well, whatever. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a little bit dismaying, right? You know, it's like, gosh, you know, I like being able to relate to others who have experienced things and um, believe it and not put it through a filter all the time. Sometimes we just got to lend an ear and a heart to the conversation and uh, know, know that there's a lot of suffering going on out there because uh, a lot of people were not believed or they were not uh, you know, <laughs> uh, reported uh, through in, in, in the public eye, like to the government, right? <sighs> oh, don't get me started again with that one because that, that that's a sore spot. I know many a people who just did not live a complete life because they were stuck in the loop to try to prove and get that little piece of evidence to show 100% that UFOs have done this to me and my family. I got radiation burns. I got sick. This, this, and that. Whatever it is, I had a kid. They took the kid. You know, they abused me. And the powers that be sat there and were hiding this information, what they knew. They've been hiding it. We knew this. We've been talking about this. But, you know, for the most part, people don't believe it unless it's official, right? We're not going to take the word of that person that says they've been abused. Nah, you're not going to go there. So it's um, 
It's a shame. So as we evolve, getting back to this email, uh, there will be people like Dana here and her son who have experienced uh, so many things, so many things. And you stand out and Hatman sees it. So he wants to block that and he wants to own it. Because if you evolve and you are warning others around you, hey, there's something behind you. Hey, this is going on. Hey, I see this other world on top of this world. We can be better prepared. We can grow. We're not dubbed as being uh, mentally ill, you know, and kept in in uh, this captive space of you know, don't go anywhere with this. You know, that just doubt yourself. Okay, sleep better. Here, here's something to help you sleep better. We have got to own the skills that come to us, and you know, have joy in your heart about it. You don't have to be fearful about it always. So I hope that this was helpful for everybody. It's helpful for me to talk this stuff out. Um, <laughs> we're all working this out together. So anyways, I want to remind you guys, go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com or go to ShadowFolks.com and tell me what's on your mind. Send your questions. Send your suggestions. Anything and all of the above because I am trying to piece together this puzzle with you. All right. Uh, so you know what? I, I'm just uh, I'm just blown away with this cache of emails I I love the diversity and I love that you guys keep sending them and I'm going to keep on sharing them as we come along and again if you want to be a guest on the show to share your story also write me through my website h-e-i-d-i-h-o-l-l-i-s dot com alright you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network we'll see you next time Stay safe, everybody. Goodbye. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.